The Sonata Way in Germany has been the subject of a lot of analyses in the, pre in the print media, especially the online print media, with many opining that the German church is either informally in schism or on the brink of schism with the universal church. Rome has yet to really respond, and frankly, probably won't respond in any meaningful way. The bishops of Germany have categorically rejected Rome's call to not bless sins, or to try to change the role of the laity in the church, or impose ahistorical ordination changes on the church. At least, Rome has said not to do those things without the rest of the universal church. And honestly, that's a pretty ominous-sounding intervention that they did try, to be honest with you, because it implies that those things might be up for debate, just not in the way that Germans want to do it. But Rome has yet to really respond, and they're not going to. Instead, they'll allow the German bishops to act as the fringe element that Francis will position himself to look like a moderate against when his own post-synodal document is released in a year or two. I'd love to be wrong about that, but his track record is to do the following. His document will also be radical, and it'll be vague, but it won't be as bad as the German bishops and their errors. It's a classic tactic Francis uses in the various synods he's held in the last 10 years. We saw that in the Amazon Synod. We saw that with the Synod on the Family. Recently, Cardinal Mueller gave an interview to an obscure German-language news site, and he was asked about the German schism, Francis's track record, and the role of the church in the modern world. He had some pretty harsh things to say about ecumenical dialogue, at least harsh by modern standards. His answers are worth your time, I think, because he really does get to the heart of the issue in the modern church, that the church is too wrapped up in material things, and it needs to get back to defending the truth, and the truth is the gospel. So headline from a German website whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce, the Synodal Path, No Protestantization, but a Variant of Nihilistic Ideology. Mueller is first asked to reflect on Benedict XVI and Francis's respective papacies, and he gives the classic continuity explanation. And many of you won't like to hear this because you really like Cardinal Mueller, but Mueller has only recently been a critic of Francis's. Back when the Dubia was first published, Cardinal Mueller lashed out at Cardinal Burke and the rest of the Dubia authors, and claimed that Amoris Laetitia was a fully Catholic document, that you could see the words of Jesus woven through it, and that it was a very much a gospel document. Now, I just thought you should be aware of that, since Mueller then says that Benedict was more of an intellectual and theological pope, and Francis is allegedly a more political and material pope, though he does offer the criticism of Francis that most of the material reform concerns Francis has are not even close to the most pressing issues facing the church. Which is objectively true, but Rather, that the church should be focused on the gospel and fighting back the apostasy in the world. That's sort of Mueller's point, and it's a valid point. And that having been said, Mueller's asked about the ideological undertones of the German synodal way, and what he thinks about that. His answer could be applied to the broader synod on synodality, not just to the German synodal way. So keep this in mind, really, in the coming days when we talk more about the broader synod. Quote, with the agenda of the so-called <clears throat> ideological culture, humanity is only progressing towards its self-destruction. The issue here is not just the three points mentioned, but the false anthropology behind it, which makes the application of the nuptial sacrament between a man and a woman an arbitrary variant of self-centered libido. The fact that women cannot receive the sacrament of ordination in the levels of bishop, priest, presbyter, and deacon is not historical, sociological, or psychological, but is in the sacramental nature of this sacrament itself, 
as a representation of Christ as bridegroom of the church in relation to her as his bride. Intercommunion, that means shared communion with Protestants, is absurd if the common profession of faith that represents the visible unity of the respective faith community does not correspond to the sacrament that we receive. Everyone knows that the understanding of the Eucharist as a sacrifice of Mass or a mere memorial meal shows the still not possible full communion of Christians in the one visible church. Despite a considerable ecumenical reproachment since the sharp controversies of the Reformation period, end quote. He's being actually, I think, kind of pleasant in rejecting the uh, ecumenical nature of a lot of shared communions now. It is nice to see a moderate bishop because, let's be real, Mueller is at best a moderate and was considered a liberal like the rest of the Germans until pretty recently. It's nice to see a moderate bishop, though, speak out against this ecumenical dialogue that the church is obsessed with these days, though it would be better to speak against it in stronger terms. There are more differences than just the Eucharist, and giving the Eucharist to those who deny the reality of the sacrament is a grave sin, both for those who knowingly supply the Eucharist to non-believers, but also for those who partake in it, knowing what the church professes about the Eucharist. Pretty much about the only time you could probably invalidly receive or illicitly receive the Eucharist is when you don't know what it is you're doing. That's about the only time. Now, in an odd way, ecumenical dialogue and ecumenical worship is the most unmerciful thing imaginable because it puts souls at very real jeopardy by permitting, or at least enabling, illicit and even sacrilegious reception of the holiest of holies. There is a very real link between that ideological fury he mentions at the start of that previous quote and the ecumenism that he is decrying because they're built on the same logical assumptions, or fallacies rather, and lead to one another. A denial of the truth, and a tolerance for relativism at the very least. Mueller is asked about what schism means in this context, since that question is a pretty relevant one, all things considered. In Germany, many are saying the church in Germany has gone into schism, over their so-called reforms of ordination and the plans to overtly ignore Rome's rulings on blessings for the James Martin couples and the rest of the nonsense that the German bishops have endorsed. Those deliberations in Germany were full of that fury of ideology, with many lay participants announcing their loyalty to the secular religion by using the language and logic of secularism for why the church must change and must be forced to change. They did this with the emblems of secularism behind them when making this announcement. Mueller responds to this question of what schism is and the role of the secular ideology behind all of it, and more importantly, why it's always Germany in the modern era that seems to be the hotbed of heresy. Quote, Schism means the legal separation of local churches from the Roman Pope as the visible principle and foundation of the church's unity, while maintaining the essential Catholic doctrine in the sacramental Episcopal constitution of the church, as in the case of the Eastern Orthodox churches. Nor are we dealing here with a Protestantization of the Catholic church, if we think of the common Christocentricity. Here, the essence of the Christian is abandoned in favor of its transformation in a variant of the materialistic and nihilistic uh, ideological culture of man's self-redemption and self-creation. Instead of the word of God and the holy scriptures and in the tradition of the church, reference is made to, quote, authorities, 
such as Michel Foucault, Judith Butler, Helmut Kentler, and Yuval Harari. You can't drive out the devil with Beelzebub. That is, in the fight against the Ted McCarrick problem, you can't withdraw the human nature of acts of the flesh from the claim of God's commandments and the transforming power of his grace and degrade it to a moral-free private pleasure. Ever since Irenaeus of Leon, the Catholic Church has never let the Gnostics get away with it, that they the fleshly activities that they promoted. Unfortunately, there is still the fear of Teutonicus, the untamable tendency to always want to teach and dominate the whole world. The German Catholics have been suffering since the Kulturkampf in the Bismarck Empire, and the superiority claims of the Prussian Protestant dominant culture to be second-class citizens and scholars in theology and science. It is an irony of church history that in the face of an aggressive de-Christianization of the West, Catholics want to overcome their inferiority complex by pointing to a common mediocrity. <laughs> End quote. So Mueller is asked about the claim by Botzing and others that the church needs to transform. And you know, his interviewer never actually asked about why Francis says the same thing. Francis re frequently states that the church must convert, and not from a life of sinfulness of the individual sinner and being tempted by modernity, modernism, and the rest, and the church getting too cozy with secular ideologies. But that the church has somehow abandoned the gospel needs to convert before Francis always represents the gospel in a soft and inoffensive way that the secular world doesn't feel challenged by, thus stripping the gospel of much of its integrity. Mueller is asked about this strictly in relation to the German synodal way, and his answer is, we'll say, interesting. Quote, we don't have to think of a solution at all because we live by the power of God's salvation. It is enough if we testify in word and life to the gospel of Christ, whose cross is more intelligent than all intellectuals and stronger than all the violence of the powerful and rich of this world. Then we can answer everyone who asks us about the meaning and reason for the hope that sustains us in life and death. See the first letter of Peter, chapter 3, verse 15. It is precisely this that allows us to be transformed from the old man of Adam's sin into the new man of Christ's holiness and righteousness. The church is either Christianly united, holy, Catholic, and apostolic, or politically and secularly a worm appendage of parties, trade unions, and NGOs. End quote. The church can either be of Christ or can be of the world. That's the choice. The demand that we, the church, come up with solutions to secular problems or problems caused by secular thinking in the church is ridiculous, and Mueller is 100% correct because the gospel is the solution to those things. The church doesn't actually have to address things like the uh, Laudato Si problem or modern economic arrangements. It's fine for the church to address those problems in light of the gospel, but all too often, when the church does try to address them, all that results is the church compromising on the gospel in some way and being forced to ally itself with some ideology. At least, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but that's been the track record since the 1960s, since Vatican II, when Catholic social teaching got co-opted by secular-thinking pontiffs eager to embrace secularism and the potential for alliances with secular powers, and thus embrace the sort of dominant ideologies of the West, even half-heartedly. Since the end of the Cold War, the Church could really have taken a more strident position against the excesses of the dominant and victorious ideologies in the aftermath of the Cold War. But instead, 
chose to double down on that embrace, especially under Francis, whose contributions to Catholic social teaching have been an ambiguous mess that has led to all sorts of ridiculous attempts to reconcile Catholicism with social democracy and the hammer and sickle ideology that, re that really looms over and behind that entire idea system. Mueller's interview is interesting, to say the least, and he goes into a lot more, especially on Benedict, Francis, and some other odds and ends that are of more of a particular question for those of you who might be watching this from Europe, and particular to the church in Europe. I'll have the full interview linked in my show notes today at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with the .org at the end. Look for the post with today's title in it, and you're, you can read it for yourself if you want. But I'm curious what you think about this, though, so let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.